You're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornson, owner of Jack's 47 Mobile Bar. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today, we have Asia White with Fur and Lace Photography. Asia, thanks for joining us. Because the, the podcast is Pistons and Prosecco, I always love to start out with what your favorite drink is. What's your favorite beverage? Um, you know what? When I was thinking about this, it was so hard for me to choose. Um, but any given day, uh, uh, my favorite thing would be like a good spicy margarita, maybe like some jalapeno or something like that. Yeah, so that would be my favorite if I can get that. If I can't, then a Moscow Mule is my go-to. Oh, right on. Well, you know one of our most popular cocktails on tap is our Carolina Mule Kick, which is modeled after a Moscow Mule. So I'm right there with you. And spicy is always good. I, I had a watermelon mojito, watermelon habanero mojito once, and it was amazing. So super spicy with the habanero or not not too bad just like just i mean i like spice so it's enough for me but if you're sensitive to it it might be too much um well given that's you know summertime is right around the corner uh i should publish some recipes on these you know spicy fruity cocktails yes i love that i actually just started bartending part-time at a new bar down the street and so any new recipes i can get i'd love i'd love to learn them. i will send some your way so asia you're a wedding photographer in hickory north carolina yes. but you travel how far i'm i'll go anywhere that you'll take me <laughs> uh, you know, like if anybody i actually just um spoke with a couple that's gonna take me to cancun next year so i'll go overseas if you need me um yeah i i love to travel and i love to see um, new places and see how you know uh cultures live and things like that so um i'll go literally anywhere <laughs> well i feel like the wildest wedding stories are always the destination ones or the travel weddings. Um, I had a wedding photographer on here that went to Scotland for the wedding and they did a scotch tasting the night before the wedding. And she said that was a bad idea because no one was doing all right the next day. So uh, I love to hear the stories of, of travel. I wish that my business was that mobile. It is mobile, but I can't, you know, I can't drive my truck to Mexico or... Right. Yeah, I mean, there might be a little costly. <laughs> maybe someday we'll have like drone, you know, very powerful drones, and it'll just pick like a little helicopter. It'll just pick up my truck and uh, deliver it to places. There you go. <laughs> so we've interviewed a few wedding photographers, and I always am curious, you know, how you stand out in such a saturated industry. Is there anything that you do that, you know, to get interest and grab attention and to show your potential clients, you know, how you're, how you're different? Yeah. Um, so I actually just kind of dug really deep into my business over this lovely break that we had, um, a couple months ago and kind of tried to figure out, like, like you said, how to, like, what sets me apart? What is it about, you know, my photos or my photography? And it all came down to one thing and it's weirdness. I want people to show me their special kind of weird. I don't want them to be afraid to, 
you know, to act like themselves in front of my camera. Uh, Cause it is, it's scary. It's awkward to be in front of a camera. I hate being in front of the camera. I'd re much rather be behind. Um, so that kind of all came down to, I guess you could call it my tagline. Your weirdness is welcome here. Um, you know, whether that means uh, a couple doing their secret handshake, uh, you know, in front of my camera, or I do a lot of boudoir photography as well. Um, so, you know, letting people be themselves and be comfortable with who they are, no matter, you know, what it is. So um, I think that's what sets me apart. Not that other photographers don't accept, you know, all walks of life, but I feel like it's not put out there enough that we're all weird human beings in our own little way. So, yeah. Well, I, I love that tagline. Your weirdness is welcome here. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's, you got to trademark that. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, there just are so many photographers out there and I think, you know, matching up couples with the right vibe is important. So my goal is to also showcase, you know, a variety of vendor of photographers on this podcast. So people can kind of get a sense of, of what's out there and how it's different, you know, because a lot of times we think, of a wedding market vertical like catering photography you know dj whatever and we think like oh it's just a it's a wedding they're a wedding photographer that's all they're all the same or they're a wedding caterer they're all the same and there's just so much diversity between all these different companies out there now you know and the, the wedding industry has become such a uh, a powerhouse in regards to what you can get you know like i did this style shoot a couple weeks ago with a gelato cart and a popsicle cart and 30 years ago i don't think anyone would have thought you could have a gelato cart at your wedding but here we are yeah and i love you know there's so much i guess people could say it's competition within the wedding industry but to me with the wedding photography industry in particular being so saturated i think it's fantastic for couples because they don't have to settle for somebody they just kind of like you know, they, they can find somebody who checks all of their boxes and, you know, because there are so many. So I think, and I know it sounds cheesy, but I, I want there to be more options for people. And I am a hundred percent the, you know, um, community over competition, uh, person, I guess you could say. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's more the better because it also forces you as a vendor to perform. Uh, one of my issues with some of these all-inclusive, you know, venues and setups is that once they get the job, they don't really have to try that hard to keep getting the job. You know, once they get that role in the, at the venue, um, they don't necessarily have the same incentive because they're the only one. Whereas if you have that kind of free market in the wedding industry of the couple can choose any vendor in, in any category, then you really have to put on your A game every time for everybody. Um, and I'm not trying to bash all inclusive venues. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a potential for a lack of performance um, if you don't watch closely because there's not as much incentive. So yeah, the more the better, bring it on. Let's help each other out when and where we see fit. So as a wedding photographer, I, I'm always curious, what's your biggest challenge? Is it the editing is it just getting yourself out there is it the wedding day itself you know what do you what challenges do you face as a wedding photographer um in this industry 
Yeah, so there's a, a couple. One is more personal. So my challenge as a, a business owner is not working too much, not taking on too many things because I, I genuinely love what I do. I mean, I, I get to spend people's happiest days of their lives with them. Very rarely, if ever, is there a bad day. So I'm always like, yeah, why not? Like, I'd love to spend this day with you. So limiting myself is a big challenge personally. Um, but then on a wedding day, I think the biggest challenge is sometimes just keeping your energy up. Um, cause I am, I, I, I call myself a, uh, like you're hiring me as a photographer, but I'm also your built in hype girl for the day because, you know, brides get overwhelmed. They, you know, they're exhausted too. So keeping that energy up for photos to get good, um, good emotion in them and getting, you know, good reactions and things like that is sometimes tough. Um, if you're doing like a back-to-back -back wedding weekend or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. It's even though the actual reception might only last three to five hours as a vendor and a couple, you know, you're, <laughs> you're doing a lot of front end work and the photographer is doing a lot of back end work. Um, that's, I, I feel the same, you know, I haul my trucks to the weddings and you know, I'm unloading this beast of a vehicle and just like taking these, 200 pound bars and setting them up. And at the end, I'm like, all right, I just need, <laughs> I need to like center myself and get that energy level back up so I can, um, you know, serve the clients guests, uh, in the best way possible. So I think energy is, is definitely a difficulty. How, so how do you deal with that? How do you, do you take, you know, are you one of those like Red Bull <laughs> types or how do you, you know, get back in there when you're feeling a little low? So, um, so you, I've started my kind of pre-wedding routine, I guess um, I would call it. I actually did a takeover with um, WPBWNC. Um, if they're an Instagram account, I think she's based out of Asheville actually. Um, but showing my kind of lead up to going to a wedding day. So I always do some kind of yoga. I always um, do EFT, which is called tapping. You know, tapping is may, may have heard of it that way. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of self-care and a lot of kind of, um, you know, energy boosting things that I do even before I get to the wedding to get, like you said, centered and get my mind right. Um, instead of, you know, just being go, go, go all the time throughout that day, just kind of taking those moments to, um, that time leading up to the wedding to really prepare my, myself, um, as well as, you know, preparing my camera bag and the physical things. So, yeah. Interesting. I, that's something that I should do this year because I had some days, you know, where we were doing three weddings in a day and, I wasn't mentally ready for that, you know, um, or emotionally. I don't know. I just, I felt very overwhelmed the next day. And, you know, they talk about burnout in the industry. And it's funny because like I have months technically off at a time, right? I'm still working, but I'm not performing weddings. And then all of a sudden I'm doing, you know, multiple a week and just dealing with a lot of logistics. And I think there's a lot to be said for not burning out by taking care of yourself. You know, it's not a selfish act as we, as we've learned over the years to take care of yourself. It's, um, taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. And part of that is taking care of our clients and their guests on that big day. So I love that. I'm glad you're bringing that up because it's something that I forget to do 
So yeah. I'm going to add it to my to-do list. <laughs> so I've actually, in, on the, along the lines of, you know, how I deal with that, that energy level, I, for the whole year of 2020, have blocked off all of my Sundays. So I no longer take, um, I no longer take any bookings of any kind on Sundays. Or if it's a Sunday wedding, I will take off a Saturday. So I never work, you know, back-to-back days um with the exception of one weekend in october because a covid bride had to move um their wedding and i wasn't gonna not be there at their wedding so um it really because i literally have what feels like a hangover after a wedding day man and i'm not i don't drink at weddings but it just is like exhausting and draining so i realized that i just cannot perform well that next day if I don't take that time to rest. And one of my really good friends, Courtney, um, she always says the rest is the work. So, you know, you need to invest your time into that too. So I really like that. (laughs) That's a really good point. And it's hard because of our seasonality, at least up in Asheville, you know, we don't really get into weddings until May. I mean, there's, there's April and March weddings, but you know, I really start booking a lot in May and I don't end until November but there's a big lull in like July. <laughs> so I, I think I'm like, I have to go, I have to take everything. Like there was one weekend in May um, that everything got rescheduled, but it was originally going to be, I think like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday events. And there was going to be driving involved from like Charleston to Asheville and all this stuff. And I just, I feel the urge to take everything that I can get. Not, I, I'm not talking about, every client i'm talking about every client that wants me that's willing to pay the price i'm like uh, let's do it let's let's rock and roll um so and, and for me it's financially you know i'm like i have to go hard during the months we can so that i can keep this business running and mind you i've only been doing it for the past two years so do you you know do you charge accordingly? Like, because you only take one a day, do you charge enough that allows you to sustain? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not the highest price photographer because I've also only been in this business for two years, mm-hmm. um, shooting weddings for one. So, um, I charge what, so I did the math on what my typical package is, you know, my typical and my most popular package is an eight hour wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, with a second photographer. So I did the math on how much I would be comfortable making per year, you know, to pay my bills. And really to me, I don't care about money. Like I'm just not one of those people. So if my bills are paid, if I can eat food and if my dogs can eat food, (laughs) anything extra is awesome. So, you know, I tried to do the math as best as possible because I'm horrible at math, Um, (laughs) you know, to try to figure out how much money I would need to do all of that. And then I divided that number by, you know, what I would need for per package. Say I want 20 weddings a year. How much would I charge per package for that? And then priced it accordingly. Um, You know, am I comfortable making X amount per hour? If I am, then great. That's what my price is. So um, I do reverse engineered it, right? Yes. Um, That's helped me so much to be able to know, um, well, this year kind of, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but it kind of, kind of <laughs> everything up for, you know, putting it nicely. 
Um, so I do ha I have had to shift a couple things, but not so much that it's going to affect me physically and mentally. Um, so yeah, kind of being super for other photographers that are listening, being very mindful of yourself because you are the only person in your business and, and same goes for you. I'm sure like if you can't take care of the person who's running your business, your business is not going to run as well as it should. So yeah, exactly. That's a big challenge with solopreneurs and small business owners that are that are going solo um and i'm yeah well i love that you did that uh consciously you know when i started my pricing i just really threw out a number um i had no idea what was going to happen and then <laughs> once i started to do the math with just one truck i was like oh i need like two or three trucks to make what i want to make so um but i was encouraged to do that reverse engineering from you know, a business coach, uh, person. So, uh, I, I, it makes sense, right? Because we don't want to underprice ourselves so that we can't continue the work because if we, it's my belief that if we're in business, it's because we truly believe we have something to offer folks. You know, it's not a selfish motive to start a business. If you think that what you offer is better than the next person or, or you just have something better to different to bring to the table, you know? So I'm big on, if you love what you do and you think you have something to offer, it's your, it's your job to get it out there and to get people to book you. Um, but you need that certain financial means to keep on either growing or to sustain or whatever. So um, I'm glad we're talking. I always like talking money because it's so taboo. No one talks money really these days or they're starting to. I mean, people are, I think we're starting to be more financially literate, you know, as the, the average person, but still um you don't hear about it as often as i think you should so asia we talked a little bit about your ideal client or kind of how you market you know the ones that kind of want to express that and are are not weirdos but like <laughs> but feel comfortable expressing they're weird right i i love that so you know is that is that your ideal client someone that's kind of wanting to get out of their get out of that kind of norm in regards to photography or love to hear what you think about all that. So, you know, I've kind of struggled with nailing down an ideal client only because if somebody feels like they resonate with me, who am I to say that? No, you're not, you don't check these boxes. You're not, you know, you're not my, my ideal client. Maybe I'm their ideal photographer. And to me, that's, that's enough. Like that's more than enough. Like if they, the time to you know look at my look at my Instagram or visit my website and they said yeah this you know I resonate with this person um, that like that's my ideal client somebody who believes enough in me and wants to invest in me um, that's great <laughs> all day long <laughs> so once they decide to start working with you what does that process look like do you like are most of your couples local or are they are they all over the place? Like are they coming in from all over and you don't get to meet them until the wedding day? What's that process look like? It's kind of a mixture actually. Um, I've done weddings in Greensboro. I've done them in Raleigh. Um, I've done a couple in Asheville. So I'm traveling, you know, about an hour, hour and a half. So some of my couples I'm not able to meet, you know, to have, mm -hmm. you know, I, try to meet them to have a drink and you know kind of just learn about them without talking business or anything like that yeah. um but 
sometimes it just doesn't work out. So I always schedule a, uh, like a Zoom meeting or something like that so I can at least see their face and they can yeah. see who I am, um, make sure I'm not full of shit, you know, like make sure <laughs> I say I am and um, just kind of get to know them. And then from there, we, we schedule engagement sessions. So all of my wedding packages come with um, a complimentary engagement session um, for the fact that I believe the more you're in front of my camera, the more comfortable you're going to be on your wedding day. And the pictures are going to turn out 10 times better because you've already worked with me, um, you know, in front of my camera. So that's, that's kind of yeah. Yeah, the beginning process. I ask a lot of questions. I dig very deep into, um, you know, like, what is, you know, what is your ideal wedding day? What, you know, what are you most excited about, you know, at the reception? What I always ask what their favorite adult beverage is because I bring them their favorite adult beverage as a wedding gift. Um, so, you know, those little, little details, I'm all about details, um, mean the world to me. So I send out three questionnaires throughout the planning process and my brides probably get super annoyed with me, but it turns out perfectly on the day because I have all of that information. Yeah, I I love the questionnaires. I'm starting to get dig into them this year, so uh, definitely a fan of that. Well, let's go back a little bit. What got you started in this business? Was it the photography? Was it the wedding? Did you just have a, like, how did you get into this? I'm always curious. Yeah, so my grandpa has always been I guess, I guess he could call himself a photographer, but you know, he's always been the grandpa that has the camera around his neck or the video camera on his shoulder when we were growing up. And I mean, he was fantastic and he was shooting on film. So even more fantastic because he couldn't see it right away. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what got me started to be interested in it. But when I really was like, wow, I could, I could do this and I could see myself doing this was at my own wedding, actually, uh, my husband and I got married in Las Vegas at the Neon Museum, and our photographer Cassie, um, she was just amazing. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a photographer who used prompting instead of you know stiff poses, and it was so much fun. And we didn't even feel like we were getting pictures taken. And that what do you mean by prompting? Sorry to interrupt. No, you're. So like instead of saying okay hold hands and smile and look at me she would say okay i want you guys to hold hands and walk towards me and talk about your day so we're so my husband and i were interacting acting like ourselves and not worried about who's you know standing there with a camera um and it just came out with pictures that were so candid and so us that you know it didn't even it didn't even feel like a stiff you know, a wedding photo or, you know, something like that. Um, Cause I'm just, I'm a, I'm a loud person. I'm a, you know, I'm a outgoing person. And so standing still is hard for me. So having that movement and that, that fun with it um, really got me thinking like, wow, I could definitely do this. And um, so I bought my first camera. It was a Nikon D3200. And I started taking pictures of my dogs, which is all I had as models at the time. And uh, that's where the fur and fur and lace comes from. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I've kind of escalated from there. I, did, I do a lot of free shoots and I still to this day do at least one free um, session a month. Um, I just give it away because I want to practice and try new things. And you know, I always want to be giving back 
So I'm all self-taught. I never went to school for any of this. Lots of YouTube videos, lots of failures. Um, but yeah, my own wedding photos are definitely what started me on this path. Interesting. Well, I love that you just dove in and taught yourself. I think experiential learning is very valuable and useful because you learn the dynamic um, aspect of that industry, right? Instead of learning it from a bird's eye point of view, you're in it and you, you're seeing how it actually works, right? So you can adjust immediately. Um, well, that being said, what do you wish you knew when you got started? Because it's been a couple of years now, right? Yes. Yeah. I wish... I wish that I knew that you don't have to know it all right off the bat. It's, and it's okay. It's okay to try. This is my one thing that I literally just learned probably a month ago. It's okay to try weird things. Like if you have this weird idea with, you know, of a photo that you've been thinking about, or you see something just because it doesn't fit the normal wedding photo, just take it. You don't even have to deliver it. If it didn't turn out, you know, mm. take that you've been thinking of and try those things that are in your brain because that's why we became artists right we didn't become artists and photographers and wedding vendors to do the same exact thing as everybody else so yeah just do your own thing you don't have to recreate the same photo you see on pinterest yeah and i like that i uh <laughs> when you were saying that i was reminded of something that i introduced to my business that was like a i wouldn't call it a creative move but I offered an oyster bar add-on because I love oysters. I was like, oh, I would love if someone, you know, had an oyster bar at their wedding. So why don't I offer it? It turned out to be logistically <laughs> not a good idea, but, you know, I learned. And, you know, you go out on limbs and you learn and you adjust. And, uh, yeah, you're right. It, the, and that's part of the fun, right, of being a creative vendor is – is bringing in new things or ideas and seeing if they work or not. So like, and then if it doesn't, so what? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I watch, I think my favorite piece of advice I've ever heard. And it's kind of, it's kind of comes off the wrong way at first, but um, I was watching a podcast with India Earl and Jacob Loafman. Um, they're two photographers and they said, and he, and he was saying, you know, wedding photographers and wedding vendors get so, worked up and you know at, we think that we're such heroes because we're taking these wedding photos and he said what are you you're not curing cancer you're not you know you're not saving lives necessarily you're taking pictures so what do you get so nervous about why do you get so worked up um you're just there to take photos and have fun with somebody on the best day of their life so that kind of has put my mind at like I'm just, I'm here to capture their day and that's it. Cause I was getting so nervous before every wedding. So yeah, that's yeah. great advice that I've heard. Yeah, for sure. That's, I like that. Well, what about advice for couples getting married? What would you say to folks out there that, you know, are looking for vendors and uh, even, you know, if it's relevant to your area or not, I don't know how many, uh, I know there's quite a few wedding venues around Hickory. Um, but yeah, any advice you have for couples getting married? or in the area? Yeah, um, this is probably way over said, but plan your day for you, like for you and your significant other. I have, I've had probably, I would say probably four or five brides that on the day of the wedding, they're like, man, I wish we would have just cut down this guest list, or man, I wish we would have done this, or 
Um, you know, and you don't want, you don't want that. You don't want to look back on your wedding day and think, oh, we should have done something differently. Um, plan your day for you and don't apologize for it. You know, don't, don't say, oh, I'm so sorry. We didn't have your beer koozie favors or, you know, I don't know, like, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you don't want to spend money on, don't do it. Um, but, you know, but when you're choosing your vendors, make sure you're choosing quality vendors. Make sure you're choosing people who have um, references, who actually give a shit about your day and not just about, um, you know, taking pictures for their Instagram or, um, you know, making money so that they can buy a boat or, you know, like you want somebody who actually, you want somebody who actually cares. Like, I can't stress enough how much um, good quality vendors mean to me when I work with good quality vendors at a wedding. Um, so I always stress that to my clients for sure. <laughs> That's a good point. I've had a lot of experiences, you know, with different vendors and, you know, there have been, uh, there's one time where I got stuck on a stump out in the middle of the fort, like the woods, right? We're getting to this venue and I try and turn around in one of those curvy roads, you know, where there's a little dirt turnaround and I was hauling my trailer. So I had another 18, 20 feet behind me. So it was very difficult. I was trying to, you know, do it without jackknifing the thing. And I got stuck on this stump and I couldn't get, like, I wasn't able to get to the wedding. And so I th called up, I think it was the planner or someone I said, Hey, like, I'm, can you come pick me up? And she actually came down and used her Jeep to like tow my truck off the stump and I ended up ripping the bumper off. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was pretty nuts, but she like, she was badass and helped me out and made it happen, you know? And, and there's other vendors that I've been at weddings and I'm like, do you even know what you're doing? You know? So there's such a, there's variability and you do, you pay what you get for. And I just, you know, I'm big, I'm a, I'm a, can be frugal and I'm, you know, I can be very DIY. Like I work on all my cars and motorcycles myself, but, um, a wedding should cost like at, at least $10,000, if not 15, if not 20, like when you factor in every professional that is part of a wedding, which I think you should, um, you're going to have to throw down, you know? If you, um, you want those, you know, as much as I bash on Pinterest, if you want those, you know, styled shoot looking weddings, people, you need to be ready to invest in good vendors who know what they're doing. That, yeah, that's a good point. Sorry. I, I let me clarify <laughs> the, the, yeah, the styled wedding with the florals and the bar and the efficient, you know, if you want all of that, it's going to, it's going to cost. Um, I've had some couples you know, just throw a little party in a rec center and I was outside and they did it for probably two, two or three grand. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remember, but, um, you know, cause the venue itself can cost easily $5,000. Um, so I just want to remind everyone, like I'm a big DIY. I, I like to be frugal and spend my money wisely. But if you want that type of wedding, it's going to cost because the vendors, that will show up, right? Because some don't show up. I've heard of vendors not showing up to a wedding. Like that is absurd and ridiculous, but 
it happens because it's not their full-time. It might not be their full-time job. They might not, they just might not have the integrity. Um, you can't be guaranteed that, you know, if you're, if, if your priority is a budget, you might get a vendor that might not show up. So I hate to, I'm not trying to bash anyone that is, is, has a low budget at all. You can make it happen. Um, but you got to watch out for that. Um, scope creep of a of the wedding budget uh so asia um not everyone answers this question when i ask them on the podcast but do you have any crazy wedding stories that you want to share with us so i've been i've been very grateful um to have pretty great great weddings nothing major knock on all the wood that i have nothing has happened um my but my very first wedding that I ever shot on my own, like full length wedding, uh, the wedding planner was like an hour and a half late with the floor. She had the florals. She had um, pretty much like all the stuff that you need to take pictures, right? An hour and a half late. I never really did get the full story because I was just trying to, you know, help my bride out, help her calm her down. Um, and so we had five minutes, five minutes with the couple at sunset and like we had very little light left. Uh, the whole day was pushed back an hour. Oh. My very first wedding I ever shot. Um, and so I was like, okay, um, I'm a very positive person. So after that day, I was like, okay, I don't think it could get much worse than that and much, you know, more rush than that. So I think, I think I'm good from here on out. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Um, do, so that that brings me on a whole nother heated topic. Uh, so, but I just, do you think vendors should stay in their lane? Like, if they're doing, should they just do florals, or just be a wedding planner? Or do you think that world should? Because there are a bunch out there that are doing bar services, florals, planning, um, or what? You know, they they lump things together, which. You know, that can make sense it, on paper. But do you think doing that is a good idea? So I think that, um, I think if they're great at it and if they have other people that are helping them um, who are also great at it, then that's great. But if you're doing it just to add another service and you're going to do all of those services half-assed, then stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, good yeah, good point. That um that planner I mentioned who saved me, she was she's a florist. That's her main gig. And so I thought she was just doing great. She was handling it all. The flowers were beautiful. So in that case, you know, she did amazing at handling those two responsibilities. But I I know what you're talking about when someone solo tries to add stuff like an oyster bar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, the reason I so it turned out fine because there was another bar with the caterer had a bartender or two. So we were the second bar kind of on the outskirts. So when I set up the oyster bar table, I was able to shuck oysters and my other bartender was able to bartend. So it was, we, we had no problem uh, handling the situation, but looking back, I'm like, if we were the only bar, that would have been a big problem. So I was like, yeah, I would have to charge, probably at least $500 for the add-on of an oyster bar. And I just thought, you know what, let me stick with, let me stay in my lane. If they want an oyster bar, they can hire the, like a, someone who specializes in that. 
Um, Asia, what do you, uh, what do, you, do you have anything in works for the future? Is anything, are you working on any new projects, ideas, expansion? Um, so I was planning on doing, um, there's my dog. <laughs> Just at the very end. So I finally got my studio set up. So that was my first project. And thanks to our quarantine, I had the time to do that. But um, I'm also getting ready in the fall. I'm thinking um, to release what I'm going to call either anniversary sessions or adventure sessions. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. But I'm basically going to plan a date night for you and your significant other. And during that date night, uh, you'll get 30 minutes of pictures. And then you can go on your way and finish the rest of your date night. So um, I don't know if you've heard of like those services that plan your vacation and all you have to do is show up. It's kind of um, along those lines, except one, like one night. So um, that's kind of my next idea that I have. <laughs> I love that idea. I'm trying to wrap my head around it though. Do you set up dinner reservations and like uh, transportation or how does that all work? So yeah, so I would, uh, another questionnaire, uh, I would send them, you know, a questionnaire of, you know, what they love to do, um, you know, what, what kind of food they like, if they like to drink, if they like, you know, coffee more, um, just kind of getting a feel for them. And then I would make their dinner reservations, um, say they wanted to do like, uh, you know, like wine and design, like where you paint and drink, I would make that reservation. Um, so maybe their, their pictures would happen during that that wine nine, or maybe um, they, they love to hike. And so at the end of the hike, I'm there ready for 30 minutes of pictures for them. And then after pictures, they go off and do, I pack a picnic for them or, you know, whatever that feels like for their specific day. Um, so it'd be obviously more money than a regular shoot would be. So I'm thinking this is going to be more for um, anniversaries or if you know for proposals um, you know something like that that's more of a special occasion but you want to do something and not have to do all the work I like the proposal idea I think that would rock because I always wonder how they get the pictures <laughs> like I'm like did they tell their friend to hide in the bushes <laughs> I literally yeah <laughs> so I think that's I think that's a winner I would I would uh, sign up for that um, well Asia, thanks so much for joining us on Pistons and Prosecco. I really appreciate your time and, you know, helping to educate our listeners on, you know, wedding photography and weddings in general. Uh, I think we had a great conversation. Uh, your, the show notes will include a link to your website. So if people want to check you out, they can go in the show notes and click that link. And it's fur and lace photography. Oh, last question. You said you mentioned the fur part. What about the lace? So I, I wanted, when I was naming my business, I wanted like a texture to it. I wanted something that people could, you know, kind of feel. So I was thinking of myself. I'm, I'm like, I would say I'm edgy, but I'm also girly and I'm, you know, I'm quiet, but I'm also loud on some days. Like, so I wanted something to show like that balance of, of rough and uh calm or you know of edgy and and not or you know something like that because um i don't think that anybody has to fit into any one box so that's kind of where those contrasting things came from perfect i love it well thanks so much uh hopefully i'll meet you in person soon and we'll do a wedding together someday sounds great all right asia take care <laughs>